So, this is episode one of Pangia podcast. And uh, here with me today, I have Ma'am. And today's episode is about what does it mean to be African diaspora? Mm. Mm. Oh, tricky question. Tricky question. Well, let's go. So, uh, who, who do I have with me today? Who do you have with you today? Wow. Should I start from the beginning or the end? <laughs> It's up to you. Mamfoon, uh, uh, Gambian Swede. Uh, so I have my roots in Gambia and, and well, grew up in Sweden. Um, what have I done in my life? I worked, I think my two lines has always been like design and music. My passion is music. So I've been working within the music industry for... 14, 15 years, uh, organizing concerts and festivals uh, in Sweden, but also abroad in different countries in Africa and the Caribbean, Cuba. And um, I had a graphic design degree, mm. so I lived in London for five years studying okay. graphic design. So and you're international then? I'm international <laughs> for sure. I'm international. I, I think I have to thank my parents for that mm. because... From an early age, they were saying, you know what, Sweden, the world is bigger than Sweden, you know, and explore it, uh, take your space, you know, mm. so definitely. Uh, very interesting uh, introduction. Uh, got really excited <laughs> to hear about uh, your story and so. Uh, but what does it mean uh, to have African roots for you? It means, well, first of all, I don't know anything else, mm. but I think having the roots is like getting the broader perspective of the world. Mm. Because being black in general, just being black, you get to experience and see the world and people from different spaces and places. And so with that, your mind open up. Um, so people talking a lot about inclusion, for mm. instance, today. And for me, it's just like, that's normality. That mm. That's how you have to work because you know how it felt to be excluded. Mm. So, yeah, I think. And also privileged. Mm. I feel privileged, for sure. I think that's uh, an important aspect in today's world, mm. that you feel privileged mm -hmm. of your roots mm -hmm. uh, and who you are. Mm -hmm. um, And your ancestors and everything yeah. that includes. Mm -hmm. You get so much. Mm. You get so much from being black and you get so much from being African black. So for me, I always felt like, yeah, mm. on the top of the world. Plus one on that. Yeah. <laughs> Plus one on that. Uh, so you, you said that uh, you have roots from Gambia. Mm -hmm. Uh, have you been there a lot and how does your relation relationship to Gambia look like? Yeah, oh, it's my heart, like my mm. heartbeat. I think Gambia, we used to go there from an early age. Mm. Uh, and I go every year, sometimes two times a year, sometimes every other year, but I'm there often. Mm. Um, and I have a family there, cousins, my grandmother is still alive. So Gambia is very much in my heart and it's... I would say, if not, it's Gambia and London is the mm. place that when I need to get away from Sweden, when I need to breathe from people not be hanging on my neck, <laughs> like Gambia is the place to go. I need one week. I need the sea. I need food. I need conversations with my people and my grandmother. 
and then it's like I'm reboost mm. and I'm back on the grind. Do you visit Gambia often? Yes, mm. yes. Sometimes it's different, but I try to at least be there like every every year, mm. at least once. Sounds inspiring. Uh, I have Gambia on my. Uh, to like to do list oh, on countries it? to visit. Oh uh, my god, you have to come yeah. with me then. Yes, yeah, let's definitely. go. Oh uh, yeah. I have a sure. lot of friends from Gambia so yeah. when we were younger they always said like oh we're going to Gambia and then when they came back and shared their stories I was like damn I yeah. have to visit Gambia. <laughs> uh, it's funny because now Christmas is the time when most of the people go mm. and now it's like everybody's there like mm. if you're Kurdish or Turkish mm. you will go with your friend like It's a whole mix. You mm. meet half of Stockholm there. It feels like, so yeah, you mm. need to go. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely do. Uh, so I have Gambia, South Africa, and Somalia. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, I've done so South I Africa, to... but not, I haven't done Somalia. But mm. hopefully one day, definitely. Definitely, and uh, maybe with Pangea. Who knows? Yes, we might be visiting Somalia. I hope mm-hmm. so. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, what role? Uh, does the diaspora plays in in relation to Africa? Ooh, it's a broad question, but uh, it's a super broad. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is remittance, of course, mm. uh, and also I don't think that diaspora has tapped into understanding the power mm. that they have uh, in influence in. Um, investments and in obtaining some countries actually mm. like without remittance you know it will be a whole nother scenery mm. um so definitely i think it's that's the first thing that i would think of mm. Mm. Uh, and when we're in that topic uh what do you feel that diaspora is doing good uh, in relation to africa and something that they could improve or something they should uh, maybe be doing more often Yeah, I think it's the same as like we're we're well. I think most of us or many of us. Uh, I mean, for my generation at least, we're standing with one foot in in both mm. countries and cultures. So we're always looking at the other place. And I think with the remittance, with helping out, I think uh, it's a given thing. Mm. People just do. Mm. It's not a big deal. And I and I and I think that's really good and important. But to a certain extent, it's like how can we evolve? Like what way can we invest for the long term mm. and not for the short term? So if it's something that I feel that people need to really think about, it's like okay, what pa- platforms can we build to make sure that uh, it's sustainable, mm. economical in the long run for for people? And sometimes, I know, like just giving people money is mm. is good, but that could also hinder mm, the person's yes. development. Um, and that's the same thing that I have with aid, for instance, mm. like. I'm not 100% there with it mm. because it can also hinder and stop people and put them underneath this really mm. bad systems of uh, being independent, mm. independent mm. on somebody. So mm. I'm a bit conflicted in that. Mm. No, no, I definitely uh, understand. And uh, I had similar discussions with other people in the diaspora, mm. uh, having the same vision uh, and same views on Uh, on the diaspora's relation to Africa, mm. uh, but I think in, in in that case also they feel like they don't have the knowledge uh, and not yeah. like access to uh, in what way can they contribute without mm. in in 
in the most sustainable ways. Mm. So they know aid, it's it's a simple thing to do. Simple. Uh, and the process is simple. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to investing in Africa, mm. uh, a lot of the diaspora don't know, have access to the knowledge or mm. like platforms or mm. networks. Uh, mm. I don't know, like the process of doing so mm. can be a bit tricky. That is so true. Like, I think the most common thing that I've seen people do is more like, at least from the Gambian perspective, people mm. are like buying lands and building mm. houses, but mm. there's also horror stories mm. of, mm. of yeah. the hell that people been going through uh, to even do that. Um, and then also, is that sustainable? If mm. Are you really going to mm. move? Mm. Like when the time comes, are you really going to stay there for a long time? So or is know. it just for the semesters? Yeah, could mm. be. Yeah, mm. some, definitely. But I think it's just a mindset also. Like we need to broaden and think bigger. Mm. For sure. Mm. I think that's a most common investment uh, yeah. when it comes from diaspora, yes. uh, investing in, in real estate yes. and building houses. Yes. Uh, in that case also, uh, it's it's not a sustainable way to go for the country. Mm. Like uh, you you develop the, the property and basically it's for you. Mm-hmm. You might uh, increase job creation mm. uh, in the development of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then... Uh, you're the rain done season comes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, half your house is gone. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, it's very special. But I mm. hope that we can broaden that conversation and and talk and think bigger mm. in how you can do that kind of mm. long term investments. Mm. This was a super interesting uh, topic. I would like to elaborate a little bit more on that. Yes. Uh, so much question then would be. Uh, do you have any like dreams or vision of a future future Africa? Ooh, yes, I do. Um, I think first of all, like there's so many things that is wrong. Mm. Uh, like nobody should be poor mm. in Africa. Mm. Nobody should have to move to Europe to go to uni or to get a a better life or leave their child behind just so that you know it's there's so many things that are wrong and i would just want people to also i want us to be in a state of mind where people understand what the value and the things that we have Mm. so we can start making good choices for future generations to live the life that they deserve in their own countries Mm. so for me it's more like the process of it like you have the goal that yeah i want to see uh, people have these we have these super high tech buildings all that stuff definitely mm. but I think for me the most important thing is a change of mindset that we're in a space where we value ourselves we value the next um, Gambian or African the most mm. to be able to put forward the world that we want to see and we need to understand the systems mm. and we need to kind of cut the systems it's enough mm it's enough we should not be in debt mm. to any european country in 2021 like our leaders need to also wake up mm. and understand and see like this the greed is real mm. and that follows with the corruption exactly uh, and also what you said uh thinking about the natural resources Thank africa you. has yes. and have been having for a long long, for long the time. longest time uh, it's a bit Frustrating, I have yes. to say, uh, when you get a lot of more uh, insights yeah. and knowledge yeah. uh, and you see 
how we've been stripped of yeah. uh, for centuries and yeah. decades. And it's still happening. Mm. Uh, and I think like just looking at size-wise, I think Europe, when I last looked at it, I think it, Europe had 446, I mm. think, in, in population in the whole of Europe, whilst Africa had like 1.2 billion and by 2030, they're expecting it to be 1.6. Mm. So that human resource, also with a middle class that's mm. growing, imagine the buying power in just that. Mm. And if it, the buying power is coming back to the continent, mm. nothing can stop us. Mm. But it's, it's, it's about doing. And yes. it's about changing structures and narratives. Like There's so many layers to that. But my dream is that it will happen. Mm. One day. It was a it was a beautiful dream, uh, and hopefully uh, we together yes. uh, will be able to achieve that dream. For sure, diaspora, uh, true Pangea, mm-hmm. uh, with Africa, mm-hmm. uh, with amazing people that have similar mindset and yeah. similar intentions. Definitely, uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, are you part of any diaspora community or in any diaspora groups? Yeah, mm. I think I, I have been. I just realized that. I actually think that's been one of my red threats mm-hmm. because uh, when we were kids, we used to have this gambling organization. My mom and dad used to take us to celebrate the independence. They would have like cultural weeks. And uh, when I came back from UK, uh, I part I joined the gambling organization for three years. It was the culture executive. Um, and I think it was super important for me because it felt like I wanted to give back in the sense that when you're in this kind of society, it's super important for you to have an identity of who mm. you are. And you can only get that to culture. That's why culture has been also one of my mm. paths where music, art, design, all that stuff is about also implementing and changing a narrative. Mm. So I did that for three years. Uh, whilst doing that, also I was working for Selam, which is the organization that I was been doing the... Mm the concerts and the festivals. So I got to work in a mm. lot of countries in the continent and also understanding what's happening there. Mm. From an inside From perspective. From an inside yeah. perspective, mm. which was super rich because we all talk about Africa, but Africa mm. has 56 different countries, mm. different languages, different cultures. Mm. Uh, so I used, to, I remember I had this uh, book, The State mm. of Africa. I think it's Martin Meredith mm. that wrote it. And I, every country that I would go to, I would read the yeah. chapter from the group because they had mm. the, the historical part for every country. country. Mm. So that was okay. my way of educating myself. Mm. Like, okay, I'm going to Angola. Like, what's up in Angola? You're like, so, so for me, it was very rich. And I think also for that, we took mm. artists, Swedish artists, or mostly artists with an African background to different countries. countries. So mm. I was with my Was the country it's all over the world or in Africa? Country? In Africa, yeah. Okay. We worked towards Africa, mm. Latin America and Caribbean. Mm. So we had Mape. I went with her to Liberia the first time. Oh, wow. Uh, I was with Sabina Dumba to Uganda when she performed in whole of her family. How, how, how was the audience? And, uh, it was really nice because they're so appreciative and, and w- pride, like proud. Mm. But did, did they know this artist or? No, mm. not in that sense. Mm. Sabina, I think, had more like exposure. Mm. Okay. Uh, but uh, Mape was more like an introduction sure, because okay. we did it with the Swedish mm. embassy and UN had a, um, it was mm. a Peace Corps uh, conference. Mm. So Mape was performing on that, but then we also connected with other artists mm. that she performed with. Mm. So 
is deeper than that. Mm. It's not only music. Mm. It's about you understanding. Oh my God! Like this is also my country, mm. and um, we got her on TV. We got her on a press conference, and and for me, that is the thing mm. that gave me life. I can imagine, especially when you're behind it as well. Exactly contributing to it. Yes, uh. and then in Ethiopia, uh, Salem had a school for visual impaired. Uh, people that we found in mm. different communities and got them on board to the school. Really brilliant musicians, mm. uh, but never got the opportunity. Because mm. you which know is, with that, which is usually the the case exactly. of the story, unfortunately. Yes. So after like we had that, I think for about five years, if I remember right, and then we got them on to, we had a connection and work with the Ministry of Education in Ethiopia as well, so that some of these education could be used to going forward into higher mm. learning or schools. Mm. So some people went on to like universities, some people went on as musicians, um, some of them they had them on tour. So for me, it's more like enriching mm. people's lives through the tools, mm. which for me is music and design, for them to understand who they are. I think that's mm. my purpose in in this world. Mm. If I'm here, is to kind of do that in uh, different on different platforms. And when when did you find out that that was your person? Person. <sighs> okay, I think you started out with being young, like really, you know, old. I. I was the like the funny one. I could make people laugh. Mm. So I realized that that was a strength. Mm. Not to clown myself or anything like that, but just sarcastically. Uh, and I realized I want to make people happy. And then going through what I went through, like mm. with having like an identity crisis mm. in the early age, um, grew up in the 90s with, mm. you know, loss of my men, VAM, New Democracy. It was just mm. chaos. <laughs> I hated Sweden with all my, my mm. gut. I just wanted to leave. Uh, so when I left for London, I had a time and a period where. When, sorry, when did you leave for London? Uh, when I was twenty. Okay. So when I went for London, I was there with eight of my cousins uh, from Gambia, studying at the same time, and then had like a whole black power time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Reading all these like different books. I, my, I think my thesis was in uh, the Jamaican. Uh, uh, influence on hip hop music and uh, design and from that I researched a lot about you know everything from the structures of mm. you know aesthetic sabotage and and colorism and really going into depth with it the Black Panthers um, the problems that were happening in UK mm. um, and I kind of needed to do that because to understand myself in the world mm. I will come home and have like these long questioning hours mm. asking my parents, like, why is this this? Mm. Why is it like that? Like I, I had a period where I needed to question the world because I felt that why am I not mm. getting the respect because I look the way I look? Like that's ridiculous. Like what is happening? And it's also uh, important to to find out your answers by yourself yes. to the questions you have yes. and not only get answered by yes. different people in case this case society or mm -hmm. parents or mm -hmm. friends to find out the answers for your question by yourself and go and search for mm -hmm. those answers. For sure. And even in uni, I think... Um, just a simple question like I think mm. all of us have met also oh, where are you from and I'll be mm. like sometimes I'll be I'm from Sweden <laughs> sometimes I'm Gambia and people are like oh, okay just mm. accept everything mm. and I'm like mm. damn okay like this is how it should be you know 
Mm. And I had a really need to be in Gambia. So every holiday when I came, I would like come to Sweden, work extra. I even work extra in London and save my money. And every time I can, I will go to Gambia for mm. the rest of the holiday and then come back. Uh, so, so yeah, I think also my journey, I believe that, okay, this is a very heavy subject. Mm. Uh, I need to find a way that makes me happy, my tools, that I can use it and utilize it to strengthen people the way that I can. Because mm. not everybody can be activist in the stereotypical activist way. I think it's, yeah, as you yeah. said, different roles. It's you take diff- responsibility yeah, in, exactly. in where you can contribute. Yes, and-, and that's what I believe in because we're many and we need to do it in different ways. We mm. need to be creative about it. We need to... You know, you need to take your space in whatever mm. space you can and utilize your space. Um, and for us, being black people, just mm. being in some space is political. Mm. So you just being there mm. is enough. And you find your way of doing so by searching for your answers, and the yes. questions that you have. Yes. Um, something interesting that you touched upon was identity crisis. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of a lot. Of A big part of the diaspora has faced similar mm. uh, challenges or yeah. procrastinations yeah. early mm-hmm. in their in their lives. I, I had I had that type of uh, thoughts for a long while, actually. Yeah. Uh, not knowing 100% where I am from. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What's your thoughts around that? <laughs> I think when I was little, it was so confusing because. I would be here and people are like, oh, you're Gambian. And I'm mm. like, okay. And my mom and my dad used to mm. say, actually, at that time, I'm Gambian because they just knew mm. the society would never accept us. Mm. So I got that from home. But then when I would go Gambia, they were like, oh, the Swedish girls mm. are here. Mm. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, um, so, and at first I would get like offended. It was like, what is saying? This point mm. my mom was like, don't worry about it. They're just saying that because, yeah, at the end of the day, you mm. are different because you, you don't live here. Mm. But I think I've come to come to acceptance with what that is. And it's it's not that deep. Mm. Like they would just refer. Mm. Um, but it's layers to it. Mm. Like if you're a Gambian with two Gambian parents that speak your lang- local language, they will accept you mm. to a certain level. Mm. If you have one parent that's not Gambian, there's also an acceptance mm. on that. So there's like different layers here that I've seen mm. also through society from that side where okay, I speak the language, I'm not like the super, super great, but I can manage. Mm. Um, and then it's easier for them to take me in, mm. in that sense. Mm. And if you know the mannerism and if you know the codes, mm. you're on top of things. I will go to the market and fight. Like, <laughs> you're giving me that price. Like, don't give me that price. Why are you giving me that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, And how how goes how how does that negotiation go? I'm like, what are you trying to do? I can speak your language. I know where you're from, you know. And they're like laughing because it's all a joke when you're there. It's like a game, like mm. a theoretical game. And they're like, huh? Okay, so you're from here? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm from here. Where are you from? And this is the thing with mm. the Gambian culture. They will all ask you, who's your dad? Mm. Who's your mom? Mm. Just to kind of emphasize on what where are you from are you from Banjul are you from the you know city mm-hmm. or are you from and if you tell them and if you tell them like the street they're like ah okay 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 I'll tell you and I'm always like look <laughs> I'm the one you should really you know get to know because I will send people to come and buy at your place so you should better give it a good price <laughs> so you got the the real market price yes of course <laughs> so it's nice mm. Uh, interesting discussion and thank you thank you for sharing thank you uh, do you have any 
we touched about about this a little bit earlier uh, before recording the podcast. But mm-hmm. uh, do you have any favorite uh, diaspora social media account? I was thinking of that, but I don't really have any. I don't know if I can call it diaspora account. I have people mm. like that I follow, or mm. but it's people within different fields. Mm. Like I'm obsessed by this uh, artist now, William Cheshet. Mm. Like a um, guy from um, Nigeria who's doing this pop art, but mixing history and contemporary art in the, in the same canvas. Mm. And I'm like, every morning, <laughs> I'm like, what has he put up now? Uh, I'm a real fan. Um, so it's more like I follow people. people. So I don't, mm. I don't, I couldn't really come up with any diaspora account mm. as such. Mm. Um, it's more people from the diaspora. No, it's a mix. Okay. I think it's a mix mm. for sure. Mm. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, is there any books uh, you would recommend or you think the diaspora should read? Uh, Definitely, the state of Africa has mm. helped me to understand the continent, different uh, countries and and cultures and history. Mm. Uh, and I used it as my guide. Mm. Uh, as in, if I was traveling, I would use a, read that chapter. I also, what, Diaspora. I mean, we have a lot of, we have some books coming. Slumpensbahn, mm-hmm. Amat Levine, um, A Midnight Drop, Jason. It's also from a Diaspora mm-hmm. perspective. Uh, Swada Lee, I think mm-hmm. also with her book. So there are a few people coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's from a diaspora perspective, but I would probably go in on more like subjects, like mm. more fuck literature. Mm. Mm. And uh, do you usually have conversations uh, with your diaspora friends mm. uh, about Africa? Yeah. And if so, what does those yeah. discussions contain? It's very interesting because even we do that thing where we will talk to our 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 African friends and be like, ah, but you know how it is in Africa. Mm. And I'm like, no, because even though we have some similarities, mm. it's still very different, different culturally. So when you say that, you actually, you have to speak from the eye. Mm. <laughs> 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 like, because being Eritrean, Ethiopian, Gambian, Senegalese, mm. South African, like we have a common history, mm. but even that history yes. looks different. Mm. I mean, Ethiopia has never been colonized, mm. for instance. Like um, South Africa, the mm. situation there is not. Mm. It's apartheid system. We have it in some countries, but not all of it. Mm. Uh, so I think it looks different. There's some commonalities for mm. sure. But I think we also need to be very, very careful when we mm. generalize because we are actually indoctrinating mm. that mm. a yeah. lot. Yeah, and I could just give an example of uh, Ethiopia and Eritrea. Mm. Usually when you refer to Ethiopian or Eritrean people, mm. you usually say Habesha. Habesha. Exactly. Uh, but there's still a very, very, very huge difference mm-hmm. between the countries mm-hmm. uh, and where they are at this stage mm-hmm. uh, and how the people living there, uh, even though in, in terms of culture, mm-hmm. there's a lot, a lot of similarities. Mm. But uh, the main language in, in Ethiopia is uh, Amharinga. Mm. The main language is uh, in Eritrea is Tiringa. Mm. Mm. So so even if there's a lot of similarities, mm. uh, there's a lot of differences between mm. the countries, uh, which I think people should acknowledge. Mm. Uh, and, and as you said, to be careful with generalizing. Exactly. Uh, Amharinga. Mm. Mm. 
Do you know yeah. some Ahmadiyya? Uh, even though I worked in Ethiopia mm. for for a few times, I've been there like I think mm. six, seven times. But uh, I suck. Denanish. Denanish, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm so I should know more. Mm. To be honest, mm. yeah. Uh, I'm saying Ganalo. I'm saying Ganalo, <laughs> which means thank you. Thank you. Mm. Uh, What do you feel, uh, from a diaspora perspective, uh, is challenging or difficult? Uh, and it could be in relation to anything. It could be in relation to to uh, Africa. It could be in relation to where you're living. Or mm. you talked a lot, of, a little bit about uh, identity crisis and yeah. so on. But I think for sure for diaspora to learn more mm. about uh, the continent, different countries. Uh, sometimes we we swallow mm. what, what the system tells us, mm. or the norms tells us, or what media shows. Mm. But also being there and seeing a lot, there's so much innovation and creativity mm. that is not shown mm. on mm. media. So tapping into that also gave me a lot of self confidence and pride to understand like where you come from. Mm. Uh, I think also it's important to, I think we to some certain extent we have trust issues, in between us. I think between you know, the diaspora yeah, groups, uh, yeah, yeah, between the two diaspora groups, but also to home. Mm. Uh, and I think we need to watch that mm. because I think we also talk things into existence. Mm. Uh, and I think it's about um, the differences are so huge because of the you know the mm. poverty and so on. So I think also it's good to. Um, meet with like-minded people. Find them. Mm. What What do you think the the root is behind the mistrust and? Uh, I think it's from. I I think it's from colonization. I think mm. it's from. I mean, there was a structure, mm. the divide and conquer, mm. the lines that we have are mm. not natural lines. Mm. Uh, we should have probably would have the continent should have probably been loved by like tribes, mm. even in natural, but. Now they're cut, and mm. I mean, I'm from Gambia. We're in, we in we in Senegal. Mm. Like they just wanted the river mm. to take slaves out, and they cut the with a linear just. Mm. Do, 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 do. But we have the same culture, the same mm. language, the same food. I have family in Senegal, and vice versa. So I think that, um, but they have the French demeanor. We have mm. the English yes, demeanor. Yeah. So, yeah. so that that's the little bit the difference. Uh, but I think also that that created something mm. like where they, in, for instance, in Gambia, where they invested, they invested in the cities because they mm. needed banjo, a bad hearse at the time mm. to use for the war mm. at the Second World War, I think, first or the Second World War. So they pumped in money into the cities, which the most the Wolof was living there. So that made it like a bigger city. But Wolof is not the biggest country language in, in Gambia. It's Mandinka. But it's almost like a silent official, official. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's so it, it creates structures mm. and it creates also some kind of tension sometimes. Mm. And this is something I grew up understanding later because mm. it was not really spoken about in my home or we didn't look at people like that. But always growing up and going there, more people like, oh, what are you, Wolof? Mm. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, like what's happening. Mm. So I think it's also learning and understanding the lines to understand where that comes from mm. and then breaking it. But it's easier said than done. Yeah. Because yeah, it's so deep. Mm. 
and it affects the relationship between the countries yes. even today. Yes. Uh, and a lot of wars uh, and internal mm-hmm. wars that mm-hmm. you see uh, has a root or background mm-hmm. uh, into these topics, mm. uh, which is it's amazing even until this day, mm-hmm. uh, a root or problem who has been there for centuries. Yeah, and that's uh, just sad. Like yeah. this whole, that whole situation mm. is just sad. Mm. But hopefully uh, we will change that. It's I hope part so. Of, part of our vision. Yes, for sure. Mm. That is, yeah. No, 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 no. Mm. Uh, is there anything more that you would like to lift up or just like something you have been think- thinking about? Uh, it could be anything. Just no. free your mind. Yeah, I think still I got hope. Mm. Uh, I live in hope. I see the youngsters growing up today also uh, having a whole nother pride mm-hmm. in in whatever you do. And I think also that you can still be supporting and the cause, but you have to find your way of doing mm-hmm. it. And there's different ways of doing it. Uh, last year, for instance, I was at this... Um, Uh, IOM that's under UN they had this mentorship program in Gambia so Mm. I was there for like two months just before the corona hit Mm. um, and doing mentorship Mm. uh, in in Gambia okay but in what area mentorship in business okay yeah Yeah. because I've started business and failed in Mm. business before Mm. I started the course in at Hype Island so 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 it was basically building up it's like a free tissues like Mm. a youth center Mm. Uh, that we were working on and and I think you can give to in different ways yeah. you just have to find mm. your way mm. um, find your way learn more mm. there is hope and communicate and also having the emotional aspects to it as well yes. a lot of young entrepreneurs they have the ideas they have the creativity yes but they d- might not have the courage exactly uh, to do it yeah and I think it's also important that we don't know much more than the people that are on the mm. ground. Mm. And I think we have to watch that because mm. I've also seen people come thinking like, yeah, mm. I'm diaspora. Mm. I'm going to do this and mm. I'm going to do that. Mm. And I'm like, look, it's already happening mm. like mm. on a whole nother scale that you cannot even imagine. Mm. So humble yourself also mm. um, and watch and learn mm. because creativity also comes from, from, from the other side. And I mm. think, only just going with some artists going there and people seeing stuff, they were like, oh my God, mm. he's doing this and using this and he doesn't even have half of the equipment that we have making music. Mm. So for me, it's just like humble yourself, watch people and then see where you can tap in. Mm. But don't ever go and think that you know much better than everybody else. Like, don't do that. Do you think uh, or have you felt that, that that that's a common problem or common uh, yeah, I like think, characteristics? Yeah, I think that there is. And it is also a resistance from people that they're like, oh, mm. here they come again. Mm. Like, oh, the, 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 the aspirants. Um, but I think it's also because of that attitude. Mm. But I feel that if you come with a, uh, with a wanting to understand mm. and see and and you know take things people think things in then i think it's easier also to like kind of connect mm. because it's also a, a complex thing mm. going on there yeah. let's be honest like there's a little bit of a Definitely. complex battle within mm. um and today it's it's so they they live just like us mm. so 
So for me, it's more like how can we work together and mm. strengthen this part of the world? I think it's it's a super important uh, thing to have in mind that you have to understand not only only the background mm-hmm. but also the the culture mm. and what state uh, exactly. the country is in or yes. uh, even city mm-hmm. because even if you're in country you mm. might understand the general culture mm-hmm. but it might be a different uh, code of conduct for mm. example uh, in for different sure. states I uh, learn all the time I learn all the time mm. and I also I read the article I think it was a couple of years ago I remember who it was but it was a a CEO of a very very big uh, company mm-hmm. who had uh, acknowledged the the potential in Africa mm. so they started the investment company yeah. uh, in in Africa i think it was like uh, the capital was around 1 billion mm-hmm. uh, us dollars mm-hmm. uh, but the, they failed pretty quickly mm-hmm. uh, and it was because the CEO uh, or the investor uh, in this case uh, for he could have the same understanding of the yeah. market yeah. in 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 the ways he have invested earlier mm-hmm. uh, and having that kind of um, like lack of understanding or yeah. lack of, of research mm-hmm. uh, and being a bit I think stiff yeah. uh, when you have created like big companies uh, you can have that type of mindset For like sure. even if the whole world says I'm wrong uh, I can be right about yeah. this uh, so it was, a, it was a long article it was mm. a couple of years ago but it was really interesting and it taps into what you said now mm. uh, not only in, in investment but also like in terms of socially yes. uh, if you want to uh, feel invited if mm-hmm. you want to feel like you're part of something mm-hmm. uh, you have to sacrifice your time yes. in terms of uh, understanding for sure and there's different infrastructures as well mm. that works but uh, like people are like oh that should not work and i'm mm. like it works mm. it's just that it's not you're not used to it mm. <laughs> but it works mm. in this chaos it mm. works mm. so it's also tapping into that like what is happening and, and that understanding and we're always coming like i think the western ideology has also been based on when it comes to africa and africa is that oh, we need to save the poor people. And definitely, mm. we need to help out. Mm. But it's not way more. It's yeah. way more than it's the way poor more. people. Mm. Yeah, not from a structure where you mm. feel like, oh, I'm so good because I'm giving mm. like aid and I help these poor black mm. children and I'm taking photos with them. Like, mm. nah, that time mm. is over. Like, mm. and, al- and also with that, I think in, in a lot of cases, it more, it's more about... Uh, lifting up your own ego than contributing Thank because you. if he was 100 percent uh into contributing yeah. there's so many other better ways to mm-hmm, contribute mm-hmm. Uh, than doing by aid mm. through especially through mm. uh, the biggest uh, aid companies and mm. uh, or organizations uh, mm. working with donations mm. uh, we all know they take a lot of cup yeah 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 uh, yeah 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 and even with the aid we know that the money don't go where it should go mm. It's just like um, we had a project last year and we were looking at like investments mm. that's actually happening in the continent. Mm. The investments also goes mm. to European companies within the continent. So it's mm. not like the locals get it. So that's also interesting. Mm. Like it is, I think it had increased like from 2016, I think it was 26% and it gone on to like 40% when you look at American investments. Mm. But investments that don't go to the people, mm. the people, people. Mm. So it's also interesting how that works. So, mm. so where does that money go? Is it is it is it saved in the country, or are they taking that money out? Like, who gets the benefit mm. of it? 
that's also interesting mm. and a lot works. of people i think uh lack knowledge to track the investment or mm. track the money mm. so you have the donate money and then you have so so high trust mm. trust levels mm. that you basically freely uh, mm. and blindly just mm. trust that they will mm. give out the money in mm. the right way mm. uh, which they definitely take advantage of yeah. also for sure and i think we have to think uh, when i'm thinking that we need to think bigger i'm thinking generational wealth mm. i'm not thinking about what i can do for my future kids i'm mm. thinking what i can do for my grand future grandkids mm. because it has to jump a generation because you can give them the tools now Mm. But how can you make sure that it jumps so that mm. the grandchildren have it or my mm. sister's grandchildren, whoever needs it? You give the tools to next generation, yes. and then next generation pass on the tools and the experience and the experience, and they they have everything in and place and the money. Mm. Like we need to be also even in diaspora, mm. I think we need to be more financially um, educated mm. about where we invest our, in invest our money. Mm. And like if it's you know. Um, these different funds that's coming up <laughs> eventually mm. or if it is uh now say bushan mm. i don't know but mm. we need to really be more financially literate mm. and that's why i like platforms like is it relay relay mm. yeah relay relay exactly mm. it's super good and i hope more will come mm. and i think we will more talk about it more because yes. now we're also in a position where people are at least having like good jobs and stuff but what can what else can we do Uh, to make sure that we can stabilize our future. Mm, definitely. Mm. And also as you said, uh pass on uh the knowledge mm-hmm. uh, that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh because of like if you look back to to our parents when mm-hmm. they came mm-hmm. coming here as yeah. a uh, first generation mm-hmm. uh immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh you have things responsibilities which don't allow you to Uh, yeah exactly mm-hmm. you have this survival mi- mindset mm-hmm. uh, and which prevents you from for example investing mm-hmm. or finding your place in uh, like educating yourself uh, mm-hmm. politically mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a lot more trickier mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're coming into a new country uh, and your main main objective uh, especially coming from africa is mm-hmm. uh, roof over your head mm-hmm. uh, and food on the table mm-hmm. uh, so i think What, what our parents mm-hmm. uh, has given us mm-hmm. uh, we have to uh, evolve that and pass it on to the next generation and then do the same definitely and i think also they've gone through a time where we weren't able to t- speak about what we go through mm. either mm. so it's like you have the mental aspect also mm. from it and i think now we're in a situation where we can actually speak up with it because mm. of these different revolutions social revolutions like blm and all that stuff and i think we have to do that like mm. I've told them that I'm super proud of them, but I'm going to take it from here. Mm-hmm. They can relax now and then we're just going to keep on running. Like we're just going to keep on mm-hmm. running, but we're going to be running smart. Mm-hmm. And we're going to run for a long long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a marathon. Uh, it's a marathon. Mm. Uh, as Nipsey said. Mm. Uh, I I think that was it. It was a lovely, lovely conversation. Thank you. It was an interesting conversation. Yes. I learned a lot. Thank uh, you. And I hope you guys learned a lot. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I learned a lot. It was mm. nice to to reflect also. Mm. Sometimes when you talk, speak uh, out loud. And we said we we need to educate each other as yes, a diaspora. Definitely. Uh, and I that's why um, I feel so engaged in doing this mm. uh, and also 
spiritually up- 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 uplifting. Yeah. Uh, Food for the soul. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, and contributing in a way that you feel comfortable. Yes. Uh, and according to your strengths. For sure, you have to find your way. Mm. Mm. With you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you for having Thank me. Thank you, ma'am. Thank, Thank for you. coming and contributing, sharing. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So amazing and inspiring individual. Thank you very much. Thank you.